We're going to continue to worship the Lord with our gifts and our tithes and offerings this morning. And uh, we're, we're blessed. Like, I can't tell you again. We're closing on the building tomorrow, which is insane. Uh, we're moving out a week from today. We're going into our new place. And it has just been God's orchestration of all of this. And I am filled with faith and expectation for what it is that God's going to do in this new season for Radiant Church. And thank you for your generosity and allowing us to do this and to make us to plant our claim in this city that in this city Jesus's family will be built that people will receive life and freedom from him and the hope that only comes from Jesus So father this morning as we give back to you We're so grateful that you have given to us God Thank you for all the things that you're doing in radiant church God all the things that you're doing in our city and Jesus Would you increase it God and increase our faith to believe you for the things that are yet to come in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, as that's going around, I'm going to introduce, we have such an honor and a privilege today. Um, we have uh, Pastor Abraham with us this morning all the way from India, and he's going to be walking up here. Sorry, I didn't work out a real good cue with him. But there are a couple of people, that was my cue. <laughs> um, when I think about people, and there's, you know, there's people out there that are heroes of the faith for me and people that I want to be like when I grow up. And when I look at Abraham, uh, there's everything about him that I want to be when I grow up. But what really strikes me is the faith that this man has, is that he has spent his life serving Jesus, and it's come at a great cost to him. And he's been obedient because of the fact that he believes and has a faith in who God is and who he was created to be and the purposes and plans that will be accomplished through his life and in the nation of India if he will just continue to believe and to be obedient. And that's the testimony of his life. It's what I want to be like when I grow up. So I want you to give a warm, radiant welcome to Pastor Abraham. Hallelujah. You're all happy over there? So thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for, for having me in your church. Well, finally, I made it to a Sunday meeting here. I feel good about that. I don't know about you, but I'm happy. Amen. I have met Jeremy a, a few times in Radiant Church in, in Richland uh, with Pastor Lee. So by a passing comment, he said to me, well, I may not be here next time when you come. I said, where are you going to go? He said, we are going to start a church a, in a place called Ann Arbor. Well, that was the worst thing that he would have said that to me. Because I said to him, okay. People normally you start a church and then look for a missions. Well, here a mission is coming to you even before you start the church. So I said, I put my application and I want to be the mission of your church. Uh, he stuck with me ever since. Well, and I like it. Amen. And uh, this church has been such a great blessing uh, for me. And you have got an amazing pastor a uh, wonderful man of God, and uh, I want to be like him, you know? So, with heart for God and generous and a uh, man of faith, and you got a good deal. I hope you know that. Amen? <laughs> Otherwise, you go around and look at some other pastors, then you will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
Amen. And uh, we bought 100 bicycles last year with the money that this church gave. Amen. And uh, we made, that made such a big difference to 100 pastors. You know, they're all riding their Cadillac, <laughs> you know. That's how they look at it as they, uh, they, their bicycle. When, this, when they get the bicycle, they take the bicycle into their bedroom. And uh, I, don't, I don't want to say they will kick their wife out. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought that's not a good deal here in this country. So I have to be careful. That's how important it is for them. You know, and uh, I was just sharing with Pastor Jeremy, you know, that, that is one of the needs that continue to grow because we keep on buying bicycles and unfortunately we keep on growing. We grow to about 200 churches every year. So we have gone past 4,500 churches in the nation of India. Amen. And that is for a guy who has never been to a Bible school in his life. Can you imagine that? Maybe that was the reason. You know, if I would have gone to the Bible college, I would be sitting around and doing nothing. But, you know, I was just trying to do things the way that I knew the best, which was not much, but God has to intervene. And this is what happened. Everywhere I went, God confirmed his word with signs and wonders healings and miracles taking place all the time, blind eyes open, lame walk, you know, uh, cancers healed by the power of God. And, uh, well, people come to the Lord. And we baptize them. We say, well, you are a church. I'm going to the next town. So that's what I've done in the last 43 years of my life. And I'm 64 years old. I started off when I was 21, and for the last 43 years, I'm serving God, and uh, in the nation of India, establishing churches, you know, uh, establishing orphanages, uh, schools, uh, sewing school for destitute women, and Bible colleges for the young people, and all the needs that God shows, and I do it, and I keep on doing it. Amen. Hallelujah. And God has been so good to us. And also I want to thank uh, several people here who are supporting our pastors and orphans every month, month after month. And I want you to know that our pastors appreciate that very much. They're sending their love, their, their gratitude to you for your sacrificial giving and uh, making a change in the life of orphans. We're so grateful to you. And the only problem is we need more supporters. And uh, so we have got with us Sister Mary Bramer and her son David with us today. And they will be there at the missions table uh, trying to help you. They've got all the information. We are still looking forward for people who will make uh, a sacrifice of $2 a day. That's all I ask. $2 a day, what can it do? You can't even buy a coffee. But if that money is set aside, that money at the end of the month will support a pastor, his wife, his three children, you know, put a roof over their head and put at least one meal on the table so, they, so that their children do not starve continuously. That's a plan. So 
you can be one of them. Give one dollar a day. You can support an orphan uh, in India. We got hundreds of orphans we take care of in the nation of India. I don't know. Do you, do you follow some other Christian news? Any one of you? Well, just three weeks ago, Compassion International was kicked out of India. They have been looking after 145,000 children. Their annual budget for $45 million. And the government of India, which has been very hostile and openly hostile against Christianity, they, though they have been pushing the Congress here in the United States and others trying to reverse the decision, but it was not done, they had to pack up and leave three weeks ago. And about four days ago, we have we had a general election, I mean, we had a state election for five states. And one of the states was the largest state in India, just one state having 220 million people. Can you imagine that? There's almost more than three-fourths of your, your population in this country. So the Hindu party won, and they appointed a man who was a non-criminal, non-communal, non-anti-Christians and Muslims, and he has blatantly said that we should kill all the Muslims and Christians in India. And he has been appointed the chief minister of the state, or like a governor of the state. This happened just four days ago. And you can imagine, I've got about 125 churches in that state and uh, the fear in the hearts of the people, and uh, the, the Christians, the pastors. And uh, you know, uh, to me, these, these pastors are my greatest heroes that I honor and respect. You know, I have known great men of God around the world and rub shoulders with them. Uh, but these men are just unknown men who will never be known, who will be never be heard. You know, no books will be ever written about them. No mission conference will ever invite them to be a speaker. But they will live and work and die known to nobody. But they are doing something that others will not do, that they are in a place, a position where that they are the only one bringing the light of the world, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to those people who have never ever heard the name of Jesus Christ even once. Beaten up almost daily. They and their children starving continuously. There's no food. There's no place to stay. You know, hated by everyone around them. And, but here they are doing the work of God. Amen? And that's the people I ask you to, to support. People you can take a hero with you. I brought some photographs of them. You can take them with you and pray for them. And God will reward you mightily. Amen? I got a few more minutes. This will be the last time that we will be worried about time. Isn't that nice? Do you like that? Next time when I come, Nobody is going to ask me to stop. <laughs> and even if you do, I'm not going to.
But here, of course, we are all, unless we want to watch the next movie, you know, we should pack up and leave, don't you think? All right. So I'm going to have a share, a small thought for you to take back with you. And um, I had a word I said to Pastor Jeremy. I said I wanted to get ready for an influx of people who is going to walk into that new place that God has given you. And God will honor this church. Amen. And God is going to walk into that place, this time with a bunch of people. And people that you have never known. People whom you never invited. But God is going to do an amazing work in this church. Amen. Right from the day. Right from the day the church was started here. The devil was after everyone, including uh, Jeremy. And you know that the things that he has gone through. And the devil thought that he has put an end to it. But he must be a fool, you know. Because we, we stood with him. We prayed. My people, my wife runs a, a prayer group for the ladies in India. And she takes care of 1,300 prayer groups. That's not bad, is it? So whenever I tell Jeremy that we pray for you, we pray for your church, I wanted to know there are 10,000 women praying every week for you. That's a bit of a prayer. And uh, so we tell the devil, watch out. Amen? Hallelujah. So we prayed through, and, and I used to call him from India. I used to tell him that we stand with him. And God, God did an amazing miracle in his life. Amen? Because he has got much more to do. Uh, for God. Amen? Including a visit to India to come to me. What do you think? He's not very sure about that. But I have to tell him, thus says the Lord. That, that wakes him up. <laughs> All right? Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to talk to you a small message on forgiveness. Okay? So Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. And the whole the story goes on from 21 to 35. And we all know that we can't read the whole uh, portion because I won't be able to preach. So you can go home and read it. And if you don't find everything that I said was not there, forgive me. Okay? All right. So verse 21, it says like this. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times? Well, it's a good question because he's not sinning against his brother. He's asking if my brother sinned against me, how many times I should forgive? And he's putting a number himself and he's asking Jesus Christ up to seven times because Peter knows this number seven is kind of a perfect deal. So that should be okay. So he's saying, is it okay seven times? And even the question makes us to wonder that he is not that excited to forgive somebody. Are you with me? He is just wanting a, a, a limit on that so that he can jump off the limit and then kill him. You know? That's the kind of question he's asking. Is it okay seven times? And Jesus said to him, No, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times 7. Amen? 
How many have you read the story? Please raise your hands. Well, how many have you read the Bible sometimes? Well, that's good to know. Amen. So when you read this story, how does it sound like? You know, like Peter is saying, is it okay that I forgive him for seven times? But Jesus said, no, 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 not seven times. Seventy times seven. What is he trying to say? It's like, like a rhyme, you know? So that it sounds nice, seven times, 70 times seven. It is just like the kids go home to the school and, you know, learn these rhymes and says, you know, rain, rain, go away. Come again, another day, little Tommy wants to play. You know, isn't that something like that that Jesus was trying to say? No, seven times, but 70 times seven. No, it was not a rhyme. There was a, a purpose for a real reason for Jesus to use that number. Because he was trying to do something amazing and important in this chapter of forgiveness. When he said 70 times 7. Why? Why did he say that? So if you'll come back to Genesis chapter 4. And there you will read about a man by name Lamech. So you can read that at home if you're looking it's fine. Chapter 4 verse 23 and 24. Here Lamech is talking to his wives. And it says, Then Lamech said to his wives, and he said, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Wives of Lamech, listen to my speech. For I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. And then he says, If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech will be avenged seventy times seven. Amen. Now I want to connect that with what Jesus said. Here is a man right from the beginning of the book. The first book of the Bible where he talks about taking revenge. And he says the revenge will be taken 70 times 7. And Jesus Christ standing with his disciples. And answering a question to Peter and he says. It's not revenge we are talking about. Here we are talking about forgiveness and he said, forgiveness is not just seven times, but I want you to forgive 70 times seven. What it means is simply this. Every time that you and I want to take revenge on someone, what Jesus Christ wants to tell us is forgive them. Amen. He was nullifying the act of revenge through forgiveness when he was talking to Peter. Amen? That's why he said 70 times 7. And he told a, a, a parable. Let me run it through quickly so that we can pray together. What am I supposed to finish? Say that one more time. 11? Oh, that's a lot of time, man. 16 minutes. How do you do that? Amen? In India, we have to, I have to preach for a minimum of 90 minutes. You know, if I don't preach for 90 minutes, my people think that I'm backslidden. <laughs> you know. So, but miracles can still happen, right? So the story is like this. Jesus said there was a king. And he called all his servants to come and give their account for the money that he has given to them. And he found one man 
standing there and the Bible says he owes the king 10,000 talents. And the king said to him, pay me back my money. And the man fell down on his knees and he begged the king to give him some more time so that he can pay back the debt. Well, we have to understand how big is this debt. You know, like when you read a talent, sometimes we don't even know what is a calculation, what is the amount of a talent. So if you look at the money side of the talents, it all starts off with, with denarius. One denarius is one day's wage. So if we move on from there, it goes on from denarius to becca to gera and then to talents. So cutting short the, the calculation of it, one talent is equivalent to 12,000 denarius, which is equivalent to 12,000 days wages. One denarius is one day's wage. So to make the calculation easier, so instead of 365 days, let us make 400 days for a year. So if you divide 12,000 with 400, you will get 30. So that is 30 years. One talent, okay? So how many talents did this man owe? He owed 10,000 talents. So if you will multiply 10,000 with 30, that is 300,000 years wages. Amen? So now the guy is on his face. He is begging the king and he is telling him, give me some more time. How much more time that you need? Just 300,000 years. <laughs> give me some more time and I will pay you back. You don't eat, you don't drink, you don't do a thing. You take all the money that you have saved up from your wages. Even then it will take 300,000 years to bring back the money to the king. Amen. He's begging him, give me some more time. And the king looked at him and the Bible says he felt sorry for him. Amen. Why? Because he saw the man who is not able to pay back the debt. Amen. You're all listening to me, please? 13 minutes. That's not hard to listen. So give me your attention for me, please. Amen. Third. 13 minutes, I'm going to say, you know, 300,000 years wages. And he's asking king to have mercy upon him. Give him time. I'll pay back. And the king realized he can never, ever pay back his debt. And the king looked at him and he said, forgiven. Amen. Friends, this is what I want you to know. That the sin, the wretchedness, the wickedness that we all have, we can never pay back. Our debt is so big, we can never pay back to the king. And the king looked at you and me and our miserable and our pitiable condition and he looked at us and he said, it is forgiven. Amen. Hallelujah. If that forgiveness was not there for us from the king, none of us will be sitting in this church today. It was because of his forgiveness of this enormous debt 
a debt that we could not pay. And he forgave us. Amen. And he was just forgiven and he's coming out of the, the court of the king singing. Because he was just forgiven, you know, 300,000 years wages. And he came out and he saw one of his fellow servants who owes him some money. And how much did he owe? The Bible says he owed 100 denarius. That is 100 days wages. Amen. And the Bible says he held on to his throat. It was not a nice way of asking. <laughs> he's holding on to his throat and he's demanding his money. And if you read through the story, it sounds so good. He said the same thing, the same way that he spoke to the king. He begged him and he said, give me some more time and I'll pay you back. And the only difference is, paying back 100 days wages is not an impossibility. Would you agree with me? All of us will have that debt. And to pay back is not hard. So he's asking him, please give me some more time. And I'll pay you back my debt. And the Bible says he wouldn't. He will not give him the time. He didn't need to forgive. He only need to give him some time. But he would not, but he took him to the jailer and threw him into the prison and made sure that he will stay there until he pays back his debt. Hundred denarius. A man who walked out from the king's palace with a 300,000 years wages forgiven. He was not willing to forgive 100 days wages. Amen? And the king heard about it. And the king called him. And the king was angry. He said, I forgave you a debt that you could not even imagine of paying back. And I, I forgave you. I, I just blot out everything. I gave this clean slate and I made you to go free. But you will not Forgive your fellow servant for a small debt of 100 days wages. Amen. I want to remind every one of you one of a very important thing as I finish in the next few minutes. My dear friends, you know, we get upset with people. Many of us carry grudges. Many of us carry unforgiveness. Many of us carry the anger, the hatred against people who have done things wrong against us. I don't want you to raise your hands for me. But most of us, though we are Christians, pastors, we still carry this grudge, the unforgiveness in our hearts. But my message for you today is this. No matter what they have done, no matter who that is, whether they have stolen things from you, whether they have cheated you, whether they have taken your inheritance, no matter what they have done, I want you to know this, whatever they have done is only 100 days wages. It's only 100 denarius, my friends. You might say that this is a horrible thing that has done against me. Nobody has gone through what I'm going through. No, I want you to hear me today. Whatever 
anyone has done anything against you is only worth 100 denarius. How can I forgive them? Easy. Because you just walked out of the king's palace with a 300,000 years wages. Just forgiven. Amen. And seeing what Christ has done for us, seeing what he has done in your life and in my life, and seeing what little thing that they have done against me. There's nothing compared to the forgiveness of God towards me and you and the forgiveness that you'll show to your fellow man. Amen? But he was not willing. But like many of us, we will not let go. We'll hold on to the unforgiveness. We just brag about it saying that I'm the only one in the world who is going through this. You don't really understand. We do understand. Because it is only 100 days wages. Amen? Tell yourself from now on, no matter what, who was done? As I pray in the next couple of minutes, I want you to know that whatever has been done wrong against you compared to what Christ has done for you is only 100 days wages. Amen? The king was angry and he threw him to the tormentors. And he said, you know, you don't deserve it. I made you free, but you put yourself in bondage. You're listening? Don't blame God for this. He said, I set you free. Because when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen? But you bound yourself because of your little petty unforgiveness. Amen? So here you are, going to be put in a place, a place of bondage and torment. Isn't that so true? Been a Christian for 20 years. Still we are not free. I've been doing all kinds of things in the kingdom. Still we are not feeling the, the freedom, enjoying the freedom of our life. Why? Because of the carrying the unforgiveness in our heart. Amen? Nothing is going to break it unless and until you make a decision. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let go. That's the only thing that will enable you and me to enjoy God's freedom. Amen? We are not destined for bondage. We are not destined for torment. We are not destined for the chains in the prison. We are destined only for the sky. For a child of God, the sky is the limit. And you and I will soar like an eagle. And you and I will enjoy the freedom that God has given to you and me. How can we do it? Just one, that moment, to say to yourself, I'm letting go. I'm not going to hold it back. No matter what they have done, today I realize it is only 100 denarius. Amen? You were thinking that it is such a huge mountain. <laughs> no, it's just 100 days wages. What did Christ did for you and me? 300,000 years wages. He looked into your eyes and he said, forgiven. Amen? And that very moment, we were forgiven. We were set free. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to pray. Hallelujah. I know it is hard to stand up from that, from that seat, you know. 
but don't worry, we'll give you hard seats from next week. <laughs> so, uh, so, enjoy it just for the next 20 minutes. Amen. Amen. I just ask yourself, if there is anyone who needed to hear this, I was not going to preach this message. But God was telling me, talk about this. Share. So there got to be somebody, who, at least one person, to hear this word today. Maybe more than one. And if you're somebody who is, who is struggling with unforgiveness, you know, struggling with all the things that your family, your friends, your, your brothers, your sisters, your, your business partner, no matter who that is, has done against you. That destroyed your life, destroyed your future. No matter what it has done, you and I have got no right to carry that forgiveness. And the message is this, it's only 100 days wages. Compared to the 300,000 years wages just forgiven. And would you say to yourself, I don't want to be in bondage. I don't want to be feeling miserable. Now I know why. I'm miserable. Why I'm struggling? Why? Why? It's a very unforgiveness. He wanted to break the chain today. He wants to walk out of the prison doors free. He wanted to just put your hands up and say, I'm free. I'm free because I've decided to forgive. Because I'm going to enjoy God's forgiveness to his full in my life. If you really feel that this message is for you, and you would ask the Lord to help you and set you free so you can enjoy the freedom in your life that Christ can give to you. I want you to lift up your hands wherever you're standing. I'll pray together. Now you say to yourself, yes, I need the freedom. I need to enjoy the freedom in my life. Keep it high, friends. Let the Lord see it. Let the Lord bring that freedom in your life. Heavenly Father, we stand before your presence. You see every hand that is lifted up towards you, Lord. And the heart saying to you, I want freedom. I do not want to be bound. I don't, I don't want to be in the prison. Lord, I want to be free. And I pray that your word will set everyone free today, Lord. Let the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, the power of forgiveness will come and touch every one of them, Lord. Take their life and, and use them for your glory. May God's anointing will come upon everyone, Lord. I bless Pastor Jeremy, the church, and they move into their own building. Amazing things are yet to come. I bless them with all God's blessings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you believe I finished my 11 on the dot? Isn't it amazing? This man's just walking in miracles, huh? Wasn't that incredible? You know, um... Pastor Abraham is someone that we've supported from the beginning, like you said. He became our first missionary just because he asked, and that's how you get things around here. And when we first started supporting him, the first time he came and spoke to us, we were not even a year old. We were running $1,000 a month to the red, which isn't a place you want to be. You can't do that forever. And so we were praying, God, how are we supposed to support him? Because I know that you want us to. And God said, I want you to support an orphanage for $1,000 a month. And I was like, oh, Lord, like, I'll show you our books that I, I want to do that in my heart, Jesus. I really want to do this. But the books, you know how they are. They tell a different story. 
But the Lord just so impressed it on my heart that I said, all right, if we're going to go broke on something, it's going to be supporting what Jesus is doing all around the world. And so I called him to tell him, so that way I was in and I couldn't get out. And the very next month, our giving went up $2,000. It was terrifying to make that commitment. Last year he was here, and I was doing math while he was preaching. So I'm sitting there on my phone. He thought I was playing games, but I wasn't. I was doing math and checking games. But, uh, <laughs> and I was doing the math. He was just talking about the pastors and how much time they're spending walking 20 miles a day. So I'm thinking, okay, that's you know, how many hours a day? That's six and a half hours a day if you're walking at an average speed. So how many hours a day are we going to save a pastor if we buy them bikes? And it came out to, over the course of a year, we'd save them 1,460 hours by buying them a bicycle. That's 1,460 hours that they have to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves, that set free, that heals and delivers to people who have never heard it before. That's a good investment. And so over the last year since we gave, that means that there have been, oh gosh, 14,600 hours that have been put into preaching the gospel that otherwise would not have been. And here's what happened. That was $10,000 that we gave, and that was money that we were saving for chairs because we knew that we were going to get a building, and we had 10000 exactly set aside for chairs. And so we gave that, and I was like, Lord, that's our chair money. Where are people going to sit when we get a building? And God just said, I want you to give it. And so Pastor Abraham doesn't even know the story. So when, we, when I let Pastor Lee, my sending pastor, know that we were getting a building, he texted me while I was at San, in Sandusky at Kalahari Water Park, not supposed to be on my phone, supposed to be engaged with my family, but he texted me, and he's like, hey, you need chairs? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I have 350 chairs for you. And I was like, there's our chairs. We got our chairs, which would have been $17,000 to buy that many. And then he said, and I'm going to give you $10,000 as well. We got our 10000 back, and we got our chairs. And then he says, do you need a soundboard? And I was like, yeah? <laughs> and so he gave us their soundboard, too. So we've made some pretty scary decisions to, to really do things financially that are pretty unwise to be able to support Abraham and the ministry that he's doing there. And every time, God has just poured out blessing on it. And this is scary. He needs 320 bicycles. That's $32,000. We're signing on the building tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. All of our money pretty much is gone and going into getting the renovations ready for it. So this is a huge commitment for us. But do you think that we, over the next, by the end of this year, we could get all 320 bicycles that his pastors need so that they can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? 320 bicycles. I'm scared to death. That's why I'm saying it in front of him because now we can't back out. But here's what I know is that God's going to speak to all of our hearts individually and that we'll give. And you can even go to the mission table today if you want to give towards that. You can do it right there. Um, and then over the course of through December of this year, we can keep giving and we're going to get those bicycles and we're just going to commit to it and we're going to do it. And we're going to believe that God's going to give us everything that we need. If it means that we have to have really stained and nasty carpet in our new building because right now it's terrible, then you know what? Every time we look at that carpet, we're going to think of the nation of India. And we're going to pray for the pastors, and we're going to pray for the destitute women, and we're going to pray for the orphans, that Jesus would come and that he would be their provision, their protection, their salvation, their deliverance, and their hope. And when a new person comes in, we're going to stand on that stain. <laughs> All right, so that's what we're going to do. 
Today, also, as we're getting ready to move, remember next week is our last week here. If you come after that, you will be seeing a movie, which might entice you to do that. But don't join us at our new location, which is 410 South Maple Road. Next week, we're going to be moving everything out, and then we're going to be moving everything in. So if you want to help out in that week of setting everything up, we would love to have you do that. There's going to be a sign-up sheet at the information table. You can write your name on there, and then we're just going to do a mass email blast to everybody and let you know some of the times and dates. Like, for example, next Saturday at 9 a.m., we're going to have just like a general cleaning day. So if you have no skills like me, come on over there, and we'll do some cleaning together. Um, and then there's some other things that will require um, some skill as well. So we'll have opportunities for everybody if you want to get involved with that, sign up for it, or shoot an email just to info at radiantA2.com and say, I want to help, and we'll get you going on that. Uh, if you're new here today, thank you so much for being here. You might have received an information card when you came in. We'd love to have you fill it out and turn it in, and then I'll shoot you an email this week just saying thank you, welcome to church, is there anything that we can help you with? And then also we have a free Radiant t-shirt for you on your way out. And then today we have our Engage class. And what that's about is it's helping you connect with the different ministry leaders here and get you, getting you plugged into serving at Radiant Church. Because as we're moving into this new place, we need some new teams that we have never had before, like a parking lot team. We're going to be able to greet people when they pull in. You know how awesome that is when someone's just waving and smiling at you and telling you to watch out for that other person? We're going to have that. We're going to have a safety team. We're going to have more ushers. Uh, we need like two spots and our kids for three to five-year-olds. So as we're moving into this, we need more people. Help us make more space for more people to come and to encounter the love of Jesus because he's going to move and he's going to change lives. We just need more people to help us as we move into this new place. So right after service, go to the next steps room. It'll just be like a 15-minute brief orientation. We'll get you the information you need, a little application, and you can figure out if serving on Team Radiant is for you and help us as we move into that new place. I'm going to call the prayer partners forward. They're just going to be right here in this front section. If there's anything that we can pray with you about, we just see Jesus do amazing things every single week in response to the prayers of his people, and we would love to pray with you. If not, go out, check out the mission table, give to the bikes, uh, support orphans and pastors, drink coffee, eat snacks, go to the Engage class, and we'll see you next week for our last ever service at the Rave Theater. God bless. <laughs>